and welcome to Crying on My Yoga Mat. My name is JD, and this podcast is all about building a community where alongside amazing guests, we have real conversations about the low lows, celebrate the highs, and everything in between. I know what it's like to go through life feeling stuck and powerless to do anything about it. Here, you'll meet yourself where you are and learn tangible tools to help you become who you want to be while honoring the journey. You've gotten this far, so let's keep going together. Take a deep breath. In this episode, our guest, Tilda Ruvinga, shares her experiences as a black woman in the fashion design industry. She speaks on wage disparities as well as how we can best support small businesses. Tilda's the creator of TK by Tilda, which has the cutest dresses and sets for any occasion. And her Instagram stories will keep you laughing for days. This conversation is an incredibly important one. And I'm so grateful to Tilda for taking the time to have it with us. So let's hear more from the legend herself. Hello. Hi. I am ecstatic to have you here. Thank you. Of course. I am nervous, but thank you so much. I love the, of course, like, yeah, it, no, there was no second thought to it, JD. <laughs> yeah, there was no second thought at all. I didn't think about it for months and months. <laughs> uh, so, Tilda, how would you like to describe yourself to our audience today? That was hard to describe it myself. Let me see. Um, Tilda, I was born in Zimbabwe, came to Canada in 2005. And I'm a fashion designer and I also make memes on the side. So what got you into fashion? Who I've always loved clothes more than I've loved fashion. So like when my sister was young, I don't remember this, but she's always telling me like when I was young, like you used to make all like the clothes for my dolls. Like I would like find little scraps and just hand sew them together. So like maybe as young as nine, I was sewing just with my hands. Then I came, when I came to Canada, all my options were like fashion every single year, fashion, 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 from grade seven to grade 12. And in grade 12, like I was so good in my curriculum. I actually started being like an assistant teacher to, my, to the fashion program. And I got like three points. And from that, I actually got a scholarship, like a $300 scholarship from being a TA. So like, I actually forgot about that. Yeah. So I have always been sewing like, Fashion, like, is kind of, I wouldn't say I'm a fashion person per se, but again, that's a lie. I do love fashion, but I wouldn't call myself like a fa- more like apparel than fashion. I love the idea of like clothing, how clothing makes you feel because of fashion. It's sometimes very like not inclusive. Mm. It's very like only thin people can wear this. Like fashion is like when you think about fashion, you think of like models, you think runways. For me, I like clothes as in like everyday people wearing everyday clothes. Like that's why like my clothing line is not very like avant-garde and like when you see you, you're like, I can, I buy that. Like I want regular, when people look at my business, I want like people to be like, okay, I like that. I want to buy that. I can wear that anywhere, anytime, that kind of thing. The clothes that you make are accessible. 
yeah. it's for anybody, literally anywhere. Like I wear your clothes more than I wear anything else because it's so freaking comfortable. It looks so cute. You're pretty much guaranteed a compliment you're, when you're wearing it. At least you're going to compliment yourself. You're going to look in the mirror and be like, oh, damn. Yes. <laughs> I love to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> and to all the people out there, there are pockets in her dresses. And these pockets are no joke. You made a reel about it when you released them. And I thought it was a joke. You pulled like a full jar of pasta out of your pocket. I'm like, haha, funny. I get the dress. I'm like, oh, I can literally fit an entire jar of pasta sauce in my pocket. And there's two of them. So you can put two pastas in your pockets. (laughs) I don't Um, know where you're going, but you're good to go. The listenership in Italy is going to skyrocket. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Tilda, what is your crying on your yoga mat moment? Um, it's been hard thinking of one because I am an emotional person, but I don't think I've ever just cried. Like not for like no reason, but just like had like be so overwhelmed with an emotion that I cried randomly. So like usually when I have an emotion, I just like pull it together and just like stop the emotion, like just like dip down, just like push it down and be like, okay, let's move on. So, which is not good for my well-being, but I think um, one that I, like the first time I remember just kind of like being more angry and having like a really deep emotion is last year in June when the Black Lives Matter movement happened with the and everyone was posting the black square and my, and I was just like, oh, this is so weird. Why is everyone posting the black square? And then it was like, then I found out later that it was about um, supporting black businesses and supporting black people in general because of George Floyd's death. So like just people were saying like, you support black lives, but you're not really like showing, you're not showing up for black people. And then the whole thing kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was seeing people who have, like, people like to say things online. People like to be, like, the positive, like, I am a good person, but, like, you actually know these people and they're not good people in real life. And it's people who say really weird stuff to you and they're, like, Black Lives Matter and you're just, like, okay, weird. So when I saw that, I was, like, okay, I'm interested. Also, businesses started posting, like, Black Lives Matter, but, like, you say that, but you don't have any indication that Black Lives Matter with your any like with your feed, there's no black models, there's nothing like uplifting black people. It's just like it's just a black square. You don't mean any of that. So like I saw uh Saba skirt, like they're from like an Austra- Australian brand and they had like said Black Lives Matter. And like I was like, they have no black models. I've never seen a black model on their business so I was just like okay weird I was just, then I started thinking I was like my old job I wonder what they're doing and I went to their Instagram and they had posted the black square and I was just like no way no because it brought up this like really heavy emotion that I have like something that I had like just pushed the emotion I just pushed down far that I just like okay that this happened and then I'm moving on I was working at this fashion brand and another girl got hired and I was training her 
and we were just talking and she was like oh I I don't, I don't know if I'm going to keep this job. She just got hired. I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to keep this job. I get, so, I get paid so little. And I was like, oh, how much do you get paid? And she was like, 15. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, it's so little. And at the time I was getting paid 13. And I was just like, it doesn't make sense like that she would get paid more than me when I'm training her and I've trained other people. And it was just like, wow, it really... I just didn't know how to go about it. I was just like, okay. So like I tried to quit the first time and then they, they like gave me like a 30 cents raise. And I was just like, okay, like at the time I was just like trying to figure myself out with like my business and just like, where, where do I want to go with my life? So I was just like, I really don't have any options. And also the thing is in Vancouver, there is a lot of schools here that teach fashion, but hardly any actual jobs. Like, if you want a job, you need to know people or you need to do a um, an internship. And internships in fashion do not pay. When they already don't pay their employee, employees well enough, they cannot afford to pay internships. So, like, do you want to eat or do you want to get experience that might lead to a job? But probably not. So, like, I didn't have many options of, like, okay, I can just quit this job and find another one. So, it was just, like, okay, like, I'm just going to stick it out and see where it takes me like the other thing is this happened in 2018 19 so it happened quite a long time ago but seeing them post that square was just like emphasizes how people were just it was just sleep service people were just talking they actually didn't care and even if you go to a, to their instagram there's no black models in, on it it was there were no black models like you go down nothing and it just like, I made like 120 slides about how angry I was about it. People were like, oh, like who's the company? Let's all we can go yell at them or whatever. I was like, no, it's not about them. Like, I don't want this drama. I don't want anything to do with them. It's just like, that's about them. And it took me so long to get the courage to email them and just be like, you say Black Lives Matter, but I was getting paid less than everyone else at that job. And I was training people, but you keep saying like you, and then the next day they posted a thing like, no, you know the thing that everyone was saying, we're like, we're listening, we're learning. And I was just like, you're saying we're listening, we're learning, but what are you learning? What have you, what are you actually gonna do to, change things and I after that I would I like had like a it was just like on my mind it's just like so angry just like I couldn't believe that was happening because like I didn't know how angry I was about it until like I talked to my therapist about it and I was just like I talked to her and I just like broke down and I was just like I don't understand why I'm so like angry about it and to this day like I still like get emotional about it and I was trying to understand myself like what is it about that like and I was also kind of like not believing that was happening like I had like a long talk with my I don't remember if it was this the first time I was talking to to my therapist but it was just like I actually had a hard time believing that something like that like injustice would be like uh something like that would happen to me this is also like a Canadian problem like we 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 here we think like there is no racism there is no 
like Canada is perfect and everyone just gets along. But because I have like had like people like blatantly call me the N-word. Like that's like so that's racism to me. Like that has happened a few times. So you're like, okay, that is like that is racism. And then there is like the microaggression. So like it was kind of my first time being taken back by the situation and just being like, wow, that really happened. And when I was, sorry, I keep bringing up my therapist because like I've, we've talked about this so many times. This so when is I was a, talking, a show called Crying on My Yoga Mat. I sure <laughs> hope you're going to therapy. <laughs> and so when I was talking to my therapist, I was just like, I didn't know that I was going to react that way. So I just started crying and she was like, what are the tears about? I was like, I actually don't know. She was telling me, she was like, this is racism. And I was just like, no, it's not. Like, And I was, she was like, why do you keep saying it's not? Because I was just like, it's, I can't, I, I don't want to believe that it is because the people I worked with were like, you know, quote unquote, like nice people, but people can be nice and still be racist. So like for the longest time, I was just like not believing it. And I was just like, she's like, even if it wasn't racism, you were still getting paid them less, less than everyone else. Racism aside, it was not right. You were getting paid less to train people. To me, I don't know if it was a race thing or if it was not. But me being the only black person there and also get being getting paid less than everyone else is still like, if the shoe fits, you know, it is what it is. So that was my crying on the yoga moment, crying to my therapist, I guess. I didn't cry in the moment, but like when I started talking to her and she just like talked me through it and just being like, why don't you want to believe it? And I'm just like, I don't want to believe it because I don't want to believe I live in a world where people like treat black people like that just because of like the color of their skin. So I I feel like right now, even then I'm still like in denial because I'm like, Ugh, it's it's hard to believe that people are, I wouldn't say that dumb, but just like that ignorant, that unaware. The thing with like Canada is that we are very like, oh, we're in, we live in Canada, so there is no problems. This is a perfect place, but like indigenous people, Asian people are suffering, like black people are suffering, like people of color. And there's also like homophobia, like transphobia, like everything here is here in Canada, but we just so like, on the umbrella of like, we live in Canada, everything is fine. So I am too part of the problem of that, believing that Canada is a perfect place that has no problems. Cause I kind of grew up sheltered. Even like when racism, racism was happening to me, it was just like, oh, that's how white people are. It's not like, and it was always like, oh, we live in white people's land. So like, if you say something, they're gonna deport you, that kind of stuff. Like, cause we're not, I'm not from Canada, so you always like kind of live in the fear of like, this is not my land, which is not white people's land either. So it's like, I don't know why I was so scared of like. Was like, did you actually have a fear of being deported if you stepped out of line? Yeah, genuinely like, no, like I've never said like I had the fear, but like, it's kind of like, kind of ingrained in you that like you're, this is not your land. So you better be like, Cause like deportation, deportation is like real, like things are, 
if you do anything, you're gonna get deported. But like it was so extreme that like you you think like anything you do as a person, as an immigrant, you're gonna be like deported just because you're not from here. And even like the little thing of like speaking up about your pay, that like took me so many years. And like the guilt I still carry from not speaking up about that. And also the other thing I was like upset at and still upset at is like not being able to speak speak up for myself at the time. That is the thing that really hurts me. Because uh, again, going back to like, as an immigrant, you kind of have that fear of like, if you speak up, you're causing your ruckus. And as a black person, as a black woman, I will, like there's always that fear of like, you don't want to be the angry black woman and speaking up. But you're just like, give me my $2. Like, I'm working just as, I'm working harder. Educate, like teaching all these people that you're bringing into the workplace and you're still not treating me well. Anyways, there are excuses always like the fashion industry does not have a lot of money so we can't really afford to pay more people. But it's still like, anyone should not be getting paid less to teach someone to do a job. That's just not right. Anywhere in the world, it doesn't make sense that that you'll be t- like training someone and they're getting paid more than your you. Like you already have all the experience and they have no experience at the job. So it's it's not making sense. Yeah. If you anyway. if that was true in your situation, then they should have split the difference and given you both the same salary because a dollar from like. It was, it was, <laughs> it, right. So it's, it's, it's like it doesn't make sense. It's just like. Also, like, if you can afford, if you can't afford to pay people, maybe you shouldn't have a business, no? Downsize. It does sound as though your experience as an immigrant in Canada kind of set a foundation in which microaggressions were just part of it. And it was so, like, you, you kind of said it in a way that you expected the microaggressions so they never seemed like aggressions that's exactly it so before like the word microaggression before I knew anything about it it was just like okay that's how white people are so like in like the black community just like oh that's how white people are so you just let them do what they do so I'm really thankful for like people who started speaking up because like if one person speaks up, it gives like other people voices to be like, okay, that's not right. People commenting on your hair every single day, people touching your hair is not a, something that should be happening. So it's just like, you're right. Like it was already like in your brain. You saw you're like, okay, that's how it is. So I'm just going to go with the flow. And then it weighs on you so much. It's just like the emotional label of just having to go to work and being like, okay, here we go again. What's going to happen? So like before, like I was like in therapy before, like I knew about things. It was just like, like a minor anxiety that you were just like, okay, this is like how I live in the world. This is how it is. But then like, when you know the words for it, it's even harder because you still don't have the courage to speak up for yourself. Like now, if someone, something happened to me, I would speak up. I'm really grateful for people who started speaking up because it really gave me the voice to be like, okay, like I'm a human being. I deserve to be treated right. So you were already working on your line while you were doing this really 
crappy job. Was there anything that you took from your experience there that you've brought into having your own company and being your own boss? Literally, that job did not teach me nothing. The only thing it taught me was to speak up for myself. If anything, that job taught me. No matter what, even if you're like afraid of losing your job, it's better to speak up in the moment than to wait and have also the guilt of like, feel like maybe the sh- feeling shame for yourself not for not being able to speak up. So if anything that that job taught me was to speak up for myself, like that job was so easy. Like I do the same things I was doing there for, for my job, like for my own business, and the amount of time I fucked up at that job oh my god I messed up so many times I was just like it's so easy why am I messing up and I do that here in my own work never messed up in the five years I've been working for myself doing the same exact job never messed up once not even once and there I would like mess up so many orders and I'm just like it doesn't make sense and because I hated that job and they were paying me two dollars I said everywhere so it was just like I wasn't even trying I wasn't even trying to mess up it was just like it was happening and I would like go check the orders and be like what did I why did I do that so I wasn't even present at the job once I found out that I was getting paid less than anyone and I was like checked out so I took nothing from them other than knowing to speak up when something is wrong and I'll say also say like when I was working in retail like there were so many incidences where I should have spoken up and I just like, I wish I could go back in time and just speak up for myself. Like just speaking up is the thing I took away from that job. Just have the, no matter what, have the courage. Well, if they fire you, they fire you. Then it, it was not meant to be your job. I saw that this thing that was like, be kind to yourself or all the times you didn't speak up because you didn't know the right words to say. I was just like, that's exactly it. I never had the right words to say. And now that I know, I'm just like, oof, if they only, like, I'm just like waiting for something to be like, okay, I've been waiting. So here's my thoughts. I have been waiting to say things. I got many things to say. Anyways. <laughs> oh God, I feel so similarly on that. In what ways have you taken that uh, knowledge of you've got to speak up and implemented it into your daily life or your business? I would love to say like, oh my God, nowadays I speak up for myself whenever something happens, like I am like, go, go, go. But I am way much better, like way better than I was before. Like it's been like a learning curve. So everything I'm doing, I'm learning, like I'm I'm like learning as I'm going. So how do you speak up for yourself? Because you learned that you need to. So how do you? It usually takes me time. Like I have started writing things down before I say anything. But my bad habit is like, I would love to say like, I now that I've grown and I, like I speak up for myself more often. No. But I do write it down and just like feel like, see how the how I'm feeling in the moment. Just like write it down and then like sleep on it. And then if I'm still feeling that way, I mean, it took me like two years to speak, to speak up for myself, like for like to finally email the place that, place I was working at to just let them know how I was feeling. Like even though their response was shitty, I still like felt like a weight off my shoulder, just like 
I don't like their response doesn't matter. So I was just like, as long as I said it and I was heard, that was good enough for me. I didn't care like that they their response was shitty. It was just like them knowing was good enough for me. I'm still not good at speaking up for myself, but I'm getting there. Like I take it takes time. It's hard to gauge situations that feel safe for us to stick up for ourselves. Like you were saying earlier about some of your underlying fears and like anxieties about how you are allowed to respond to people and we're all conditioned in a certain way. And it's, it's that balance of, okay, what's going to happen to me if I do be honest with you? (laughs) That's exactly it. Like the confrontation is very like, I wish, I wish we live in a world where you could just say what you, what you mean without the fear of being of the outcome of the confrontation because sometimes it's not even a confrontation it's just like your feelings are hurt and you just want to be heard like sometimes you don't even want an apology you just want to be like that wasn't okay with me and move on but there's this underline of just like if I speak up then that's gonna be drama but sometimes it's you're not speaking up to start drama you're just saying like I didn't like that so it's it's really like it's really scary to speak up for yourself. But to those that are listening, even if you're scared, please speak up for yourself. It's that just the weight off your shoulder. Oh my god. Like I I'm sending this message to myself when I listen to this podcast again. Speak up for yourself no matter what. Literally, it's gonna the anxiety of not speaking up is like worse than speaking up because like once you speak up it's like okay if they want to listen if they don't want to listen that's fine and you move on from that situation even if it's like worse than before like you will not have the the what if oh what if I've spoken up mm-hmm. what if I it's gonna eat you more it's just like gonna, it's incredible I'm, how much our brains yeah. like think up all these worst case scenarios and what happens is usually never anywhere near the worst case scenario. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Cause I have had so many moments where like, I've been like, Oh my God, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. Then like the outcome was like the opposite of what I thought. I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> Sorry. Cause like you think of like the worst thing that could have happened. And it's like, and like also like sometimes we don't give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Cause as soon as we are like, um, oh, I'm not going to speak up for myself because they're going to react this way. But then you speak up to them. They're like, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think something that is really important to mention while we're talking about speaking up for ourselves is like bringing yeah. so much respect into the conversation, like starting out with respect for yourself and having so much respect for yourself that it emanates onto the other person as well. Because if we are like, I'm going to speak up for myself and we just dump on another person the three years of consideration that we <laughs> had, that's kind of not okay for the other person. Like we've got to no. make sure they've got the capacity to hear us because if we are going saying, hey, I need to be heard and the other person's like, oh, well, I actually have some earmuffs on right now. I, <laughs> I can't hear you. How much worse yeah. is that going to be for us? Because that's going to make us think, 
this doesn't work. I can't speak up for myself because it fails every time. Meanwhile, we're accidentally self-sabotaging. True. <laughs> Though I do love to accidentally self-sabotage, if you look at my oh. life's track record. <laughs> oh, I wish I wasn't that way, but... <laughs> I love the look on your face as you're saying that too. <laughs> I was like, that's not me at all. I do not self sabotage never in my life. <laughs> I don't do things last minute at all. <laughs> so you've been doing TK for five years. What? Well, I'm. I feel like you have to have had some pretty big ups and downs within that. Oh my god, yeah, we didn't even talk about this. So last year, June, June, June last year was hello what's happening. That's when like support black business and I got a bunch of followers. I got maybe two thousand something in June. Like I was I woke up one day and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's when I got uh, a bunch of followers. And I the funny thing was I actually didn't I was getting a I was angry on that day. So you know, people were tagging me and shit. And I was just like, I'm actually so disgusted by how much all this fakeness is happening right now. Because like, I was just taking out my anger on everyone. I didn't like, because like when you're angry, you just like, you don't have, you don't think everyone has good intentions. So I was just like, and I, people were tagging me and they're like, follow this black person, follow this black person. So I was like, whatever. And like, people were tagging me and I was just like, I was trying to like repost as much as I can. But I was just like, at the end of the day, I was exhausted. And I was just like, Ugh, I don't care. And then what's her name? Uh, papaya birds. The birds. birds papaya. Papaya. The birds papaya. She was the one who tagged me, and I was I just like heart heart the thing, because you when people message you, you can't see like how many followers they have. I was just like another person, and then I, I woke up the next day and I was like, what the hell? And I because at the time I only had six hundred followers, and then the next morning I woke up and it was like a one thousand five hundred. I was like the hell all those people and like I was trying to figure out like where people were coming from because like it was a lot and my business was like I was getting orders like bim, 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 bim. I was like what the? and at the time I had decided in April I had just had the 50% off sale because I had decided like this is it my business is done like I've been doing it for three years and I don't know like because it was not doing as well as I was doing I was like I'm making cute stuff my friends are buying but that's as much as the it went like it was not like I was getting some Etsy, Etsy buyers, but it was just like one offs, like here and there. It was not doing well. Like it was like, no. I had last year in February, I had 73 sales on Etsy. And aren't you at like, then like 600 I, now? I am almost at a thousand. You're almost at a thousand now? Almost, almost at a thousand. So, so last year on Etsy. In a year and a half. Literally a year and six months. Yeah. You gained literally almost a thousand sales. <laughs> yes. Okay, let me go back. This is how my business started. My business started when I quit my job working at Victoria's Secret in 2016. And then I was like, what to do with life now? Because I had, I quit my job because I was trying to get into film, like costuming and stuff like that. But I was just like, and I took this course and I was just like, it's still, I'd like to do it one day in the future, but right, right now it's like not my main focus. But like, that's the reason I had quit the job because I like, 
I get my driver's lesson and then I start looking for jobs. And like, I started like casually getting gigs like once here and there and there. Like, I think I only got like three, if I'm being honest. And, but it was just like, it was not enough money. So I was just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So then I was at Zara. I have no job. I have no money. And it was like $80 for this kimono. I was like, this is out of control. No way. I can make this. And I looked at it because like, one thing I'm really good at, I would take credit for this, is like, I can look at something and I'm like, I'm going to make that. And then I can make it from scratch. So like, I'll take credit for that. And so I was like, I can easily make that. And I made it. And then I was at Topshop, just like, I don't know why I was downtown a lot when I had no money at all. I mean, if you have no job, you have time to <laughs> walk around. <laughs> and I was at uh, Topshop wearing this, the kimono I had made at the time. And this lady was like, where did you get that? I really like that. I was like, I made it. She's like, what? I want to buy one. I didn't like, I didn't, I had no business plan at the time. I was like, nothing. I was like, oh, I just made it for myself. She's like, oh, I would buy that. And I was just like, okay. And then like people started complimenting me on it. I was like, oh shit, maybe this could be something. Like it was all a fluke. Then I was just like, then I made five. So I had like a mini photo shoot. And then like my friends were like, I want one, I want one. And I was selling them for like $30. I was not getting my money's worth. And as like the early kimonos were super detailed. Like they had so many like little things here and there that were like, it was, took me like eight hours to make one kimono. But then I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. Cause people wanted them and people were excited. I was like, oh, this is going somewhere. And then I took some pictures again. I, and like, these were like really good pictures with my friend Kaya. And she's, here's a blog and like her traction also got me traction. So it started being like this little thing that was happening. So I was also working part-time and doing that, but like my heart wasn't in it. Cause I was like, I want to be a stylist. I want to be a stylist. And then Kay was like, oh, my mom wants to meet you. I was like, why does your mom want to meet you? And then we had like this little coffee date and she was super nice and she was super encouraging. Like to this day, she doesn't know how encouraging she was like, she was just like, go for it. Like, do it. Like, you're so young. You have so much time. Like, you don't, it, like, you don't have to be married to it. I like, she was like, I know you want to be a stylist, but why don't you just start making stuff and take pictures with those pictures? And I was just like, that could work. So like my business on the, almost started like, as just me trying to like, both like set up my styling gigs and just like getting, getting pictures together and just like making it so that I can have like a little portfolio. But then People wanted the clothes more than they wanted me to style. And so it was just like, people did not want the stylist. They were like, we want the clothes. I was like, okay. Then I made like this super cute set. Then I was like, okay, people are going to want this. Everyone's going to, it's going to be sold out. And it was like two years later and still in the Etsy page. I'm like, huh? I was like, okay. Then this was last year when I was like, okay, I'm done with Etsy. Nothing's going to. I'm done making clothes. I'm just going to focus on styling. So I put a 50% off sale, sold a bunch of stuff last year. And I think I made it to 100. And then in June, that little time frame, probably like of 10 days, I sold almost, if I'm exaggerating, 300. If I'm not exaggerating, 200. Definitely I sold 200 in that little time frame. I was like, what the fuck? I sold every single item in my store in like by June 15th I had nothing left and people were like we want more stuff I was like why I, I was done with this business I, I didn't when I said 50% off I had 
I hadn't told anyone that I was quitting. I was just like, once I sell everything, which was taking so long in April, like I had the 50% off. I was like, I'm 50% off until everything is sold. But the Etsy was just there. So then I had decided to like change direction, like make these scarves. But I was like, oh, the scarves will also look good with a skirt. So like I had said I was going to quit, but my Capricorn side was like, girl, you're not, you have no job. You're not doing anything. So just keep, just make these little scarves and then move on. Then I made the little scarves. Oh, that's when people were like, oh, this is really cute. I want more. And then when I saw the stuff in June, I was like, okay, let's see what this happens. And also in my head, I was like, I want to pay off my student loans. So I'm going to get all the sales as much as I can. And I was working my ass off last year. I think I had like maybe like four launches within the, from June to December, but I had four launches. Like who does that? Why? But the good thing is I paid off my student loans working that hard last year. So yay! I definitely have had a lot of ups and downs. And right now it's, things are good. The only thing I need is money so that I can take it. If, like, I'm just looking for like a, a little step up. Not a lot of step up. Like, cause the thing I've been having a hard time with is I want to be further than I am right now, but I have been listening to a lot of like podcasts and people just talking about like, right now there's a lot of this pressure to achieve so much in a short time frame. But the people I've been listening to have been working in the industry for like 20 years. They're like, I've had, I've like shut down. I have started again. I've shut down, shut that again. And like, they've had a lot of ups and downs. And I'm just like trying to take in that information. It's like the journey that matters. It's not like where you end up. So I'm just like trying to enforce that in myself just that, so that I, I'm not pushing myself too hard to achieve certain things and just, appreciate where I'm going also the best thing is since I have been working so slow it's been I haven't made a lot of mistakes I can say I've definitely made like $500 of mistakes which is like $500 is a lot of money but it's not a lot of money within the five years I've been working so like I'm really like I bought fabric that I was just like oh this is not gonna work this I can't make anything out of this so it's been Taking it slow has been really good for my financial well-being because like I haven't made a lot of mistakes because I feel like if I skyrocketed, I don't have like what is the saying? Like the higher you the faster you go, the the harder you fall. Mm, yeah. One one thing that um that Keisha Fitzgerald says is it's it's really important to be in the journey because if you magically woke up and got what you wanted would you be prepared for it? Like if you literally had 10,000 Instagram followers tomorrow morning, would you be able to interact with them? Would you be able to put out all of the clothes that they would want? That's exactly it. So you're, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Just like that working slow has been so good as in like, I'm also like I'm preparing, like I'm working as like I'm growing. So it's like, I'm not getting all these followers and having like only 10 items in stock so it's been working for me greatly but I would just like take a little bit further where I have at least one person who sold for me 
so that I don't have to do all the sewing. For those listening that are not small business owners, how can we best support small businesses? I can always say you don't have to always buy. You can like, you can share. Sharing in your stories is very important. Like if you see a small business and they're like, they, you, and you like, you really genuinely like what they're doing and you see something, just share it in your story and be like, I really like this. This is cute. And you don't even say like, my pet peeve is like when people are like, I'm sorry, I haven't bought anything. I'm like, like, it's fine. Like, that's, that's literally the list of my words. The people who buy, buy. And don't you don't have to apologize for not buying. Like, you have no idea how much it means when you interact with small businesses. Like, liking, sharing, like, that doesn't seem like a lot. It's literally a lot. Like, I've had, my growth has been, like, very, like, word of mouth. And I've had a lot of people, friends of friends, like, you can have, like, 50 followers and still reshare. Like, that's what I'm going to say. Like your question was, what can people do to support small businesses? Share. Say like, like share on your Instagram, share in your stories and just be like super excited about it. Or if in, if especially if the product is cheap, buy and talk about how much you love it. I mean, like I'm not saying buy everything, but if it's like in a it within your if you love it, why would you not want to tell everyone? That's my saying. Like if you love it. Tell other people. And if you buy from the small business, tag them. Tag them. (laughs) (laughs) It takes two seconds. TK is right there. Please. I'm trying to get to 5,000. We've had so many conversations about this. Just freaking tag small businesses. If you are wearing something in a photo from a small business, tag them make it really small you don't like just make it so that they can repost it it's talk to people about it it's really simple and you don't have to spend the money and you don't have to feel guilty about not spending money no because I I genuinely do not think about I don't have I I always say this I've said it so many times and people think I'm crazy when I say it because people so many people come to me and they're like I'm so sorry I haven't bought anything but I'm like I'm not thinking in like in the nicest possible way, I'm not thinking about you. Okay, I don't have a list at home saying like these are the people <laughs> that I know that have not bought anything. I'm like, no. As soon as you say it, then you're added to the invisible list. I'm like, oh, so and so hasn't bought anything. <laughs> but before you said that, I was not even thinking about. It. I'm just thinking about how can I get my stuff sewn. I'm not. <laughs> so please. It's so easy though. Like if you're, what what's stopping you from tagging? It's like, it's just, it doesn't take that long, you no? Know? no. But it takes you the same amount of time to post that picture than to just go and like mention. You know? Yeah. I, I'm I also I'm not trying to pressure people into tagging. Like I don't want everyone to be tagging me every single day. <laughs> if I tagged you as often as I wear your clothes, we talk a lot more often. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. So, like, maybe, like, once a week if you're wearing the clothes. <laughs> schedule if, it no. out. Get a calendar. Schedule <laughs> it. Be like, TK these days. <laughs> no, I want to say this. If I see you in your story and you're wearing the clothes, you better fucking tag me. Like, why am I looking at you and I can't repost this? What are you doing? You're wasting my time. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, if it's a feed post, you especially better yeah. tag because, come on. <gasps> Is there... Anything that you know now that 
if given the chance, you would say to someone that's just starting out on their own, on their entrepreneurial journey? Oh, I think this is a good question. I'll say a few things. Mm. My first thing is just start. Just start. And the thing is, people are worried about there's this like mentality that's happening right now where something has to be good before you share it. No, I don't think so. You don't have to be like, I'm working on this thing. This is what's happening. Just start. You don't even have to share it with anyone. But I don't don't have a good example. But I do have a lot of people who are starting stuff, but they're too afraid that it's not there yet. And they don't want to share it because it's not there. But if you have that before picture now, then in the future, you can be like, oh, I've come so far. But like, if you don't start, you will never start. So just start. Like, it could be like, I just like want to encourage people to start things. It's, it doesn't have to be perfect. And you can have like a secret account. You can have like, I mean, I'll say like, if you're a draw, if you're starting to draw now, you can have like your own secret account where you draw and you just post stuff and you can get, you start to get the engagement and people get the community of drawers and people will give you tips. You can be like, I'm trying to draw this thing. How can I draw it? And you can like build a community there. So, and you don't have to involve the people you already have in your life, in your new drawing skill. So just start. And also strangers are way nicer to you. And they're way more encouraging than you think. Like there is like the bad side of the people who are terrible to you on the internet. But I feel like people are way encouraging when they see you try to do something. Then when they see you like already achieve something, people are very encouraging. They'll be like, I see you trying to do it. Keep going. Like people are very encouraging. So just start. And I feel like this is a personal thing. So maybe if you're starting a clothing line, there's this feeling that you need to give people free things. When you're a small business, you feel like you need to give free things. The payout to give out free things to influencers is never as great as you think it is. It's going to come out to be. My example is like, if someone has like 10,000 followers and you give them a free item, if their brand doesn't align with you, just because they have 10,000 followers and their brand doesn't align with your your brand, it's not going to work. You give them the free item, you're not going to get the return. Like you're losing an item. So pretty much they have a free item now. But like, this is my personal. For me, like when I give free things, it's sorry to people who have already bought. I've never, not never, but I've given like maybe three influencers stuff, like people I don't know. And and they have a lot of followers and they the turnaround, even if they post it, the turnaround is not as great as you're going to do. Again, again, going back to sharing, word of mouth is very powerful. Do not give up free stuff, only unless you can afford to. Because the turnaround for free stuff, the thing is, when I give free out free things to people who already bought something and they already love my brand, they're going to be like, oh, Tilda's awesome. She used our free shit. And they tell their friend, their friend is like, Tilda's awesome. She used our free shit. When you're starting out, make yeah. sure to support the people that are supporting you. That's perfect. So Tilda, how can we support you? Where can we follow you? Where do we buy your amazing clothing? 
Uh, you can follow me on Tia by Tilda on Instagram is the best option for anything. Like it also leads you to my Etsy. And that's all. That's all the links I have. My Instagram is the best place to be if you're looking for me. I'm not always there, but Instagram is the best place you can reach me. Awesome. Tilda, thank you again so much for talking with us. I'm really proud of you for realizing that you had something good to say and saying yes to being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We'll talk soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. You can tag me on Instagram at crying on my yoga mat so I can see what you're learning and loving about the show. Until next time.